Hey everybody, this is Hunter Howard. I'm the lead pastor of Encounter Church. Here at Encounter Church, our vision is helping people encounter God. And that's what I pray and hope for you today, that you will encounter God through this message. Enjoy. Knocking, right? So there's persistence to this faith thing. I don't, I'm telling you this today because I don't want you to walk in faith for a week and then give up. Because I've done it. I've done it. I've had faith for something. I know it's the will of God. I've asked him for it. I believe he's given the answer. And I may have been knocking a little bit and you know whatever, the door didn't open. So I just kind of moving right along, right? Oh, well, maybe not, Lord. No, sometimes we just got to be persistent. Right? If we know it's his will, we've asked and we believe we receive what we ask for. Then we need to be persistent until we see it become a reality. Yes? I'm glad a few people are convinced of it. So that was just a few minutes review of a three, four month teaching. And I would encourage you if you want to dig deeper into that, you want to learn more about how your faith can actually work. Well, last Sunday, I gave a little bit more on that. But the first several months of this year, if you go back and listen to our podcast, there's like months of teaching about how faith works. So I invite you to go back and listen if you'd like. All righty. Did anyone stretch this week? Anybody stretch this week? Come on, let's stretch. You ready to stretch? All right, come on. Don't Try not to knock the, your neighbor out, but stretch to your left and to your right. All right? My poor Stretch Armstrong, I've stretched him so much, he's about stretched out. All right? Anybody ready to stretch a little bit more today? Yeah? Maybe, maybe not. That's weird. <laughs> He'll be all right. <laughs> Come on, say with me. Let's stretch. <laughs> We're learning about stretching our faith. I, I, I wish we had time to hear some stories, but I'm sure we will in the future. But did anybody practice stretching your faith this week? Even just a tiny little bit. Yeah? Me too. Me too. Does anybody feel at least maybe a little bit stronger in faith after having practiced what we learned? You want to learn some more today? Let's go back to last week's story. If you were here with us last Sunday, we, we were in this story, and we're going to go back to that same story today. We're going to pick up there, and we're going to learn some more. This is out of John chapter 6. Uh, verses 1 through 13. I'm going to read this, this passage. I'm going to read it out of the message. And then we'll go to another one. All right. Ready to stretch? After this, Jesus went across the Sea of Galilee. Some call it Tiberias. And a huge crowd followed him, attracted by the miracles they'd seen him do among the sick. When he got to the other side, he climbed a hill and sat down, surrounded by his disciples. It was nearly time for the Feast of Passover kept annually by the Jews. When Jesus looked out and saw the lar that a large crowd had arrived, he said to Philip, 
where can we buy bread to feed these people? So Jesus, Jesus recognized that there was a need, right? There was a huge crowd. We learned later that it was 5,000 men, around 5,000 men, plus women and children. So that it would equal at least 20,000 people, okay? How many of us can think, yeah, that's a lot of mouths to feed, right? It's enough to try to feed my two kids. 20,000 people. And they'd been following him around and... They were kind of out in the middle of nowhere. And Jesus recognized that they were hungry, right? Jesus connected with the need. And Jesus always connects with the need. Jesus is always aware of the need. But that doesn't mean that every need gets met. Because for needs to get met, it requires, anybody know? faith, right? Jesus connected with the need, and Jesus connects with, Jesus is aware of every need in the world. But how many of us have noticed not every need gets met? Because for needs to be met, we need faith, all right? So Jesus recognized the need, and then he asked Philip, he, he asked him, where can, we, where can we buy bread to feed these people? Now, did Jesus ask a question because he didn't know? Come on, did Jesus ask this because he didn't know? No, he knew. He knew. It says, the next verse, he said this to what? To do what? Stretch Philip's faith, which implies that there was at least a little bit of faith already there. All right? He already knew what he was going to do. And Philip answered, 200 silver pieces wouldn't be enough to buy bread for each person to get a piece. One of the disciples, it was Andrew, brother to Simon Peter, said, mm, there's a little boy here who has five barley loaves and two fish. But that's a drop in the bucket for a crowd like this, right? the people sit down. Sorry, let's go back one again. Sorry. Jesus, what? Said. Very important. Jesus said, make the people sit down. There was a nice carpet of green grass in this place. They sat down. About 5,000 of them then Jesus took the bread and having given thanks, gave it to those who were seated. And he did the same with the fish and all ate as much as they wanted. Hallelujah. When the people had eaten their fill, he said to the disciples, gather the what? I, I, I'm sure I've read this story a hundred times. And every time I read the word leftovers, I'm like, what? But they started with two fish and five loaves of bread and 20-ish thousand people ate all they wanted. And you know, five, at least 5,000 of them were men. You ever seen a hungry man eat? 
Y'all ever seen Jonathan Chatfield eat? I still have no idea where he puts it. His legs must do this <laughs> to fit it all in there. You ever seen a hungry child eat? Like, they all ate it all they wanted, and then there were leftovers. And Jesus didn't want them to just leave the leftovers. He asked them to gather them because he doesn't like to waste, right? Right? God doesn't waste anything. Wow. Last week, we, we read this story, and we learned that the purpose of a test is to stretch us, right? That when, 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 when we're faced with a test, God's purpose, God's plan in that testing is not to hurt us or to break us, but to stretch us, right? To stretch our faith. We read in other translations, it says Jesus asked Philip this to put him to the, to put him to the test, right? To test what? His, and in reality, all the disciples' faith got tested in that moment. They were all aware of the need and the fact that Jesus had said, let's feed them. Huh. The purpose of a test isn't to break us or to hurt us. It's to stretch us. It's to stretch our faith. Now, we also learned something that I, I, I think, you know, it was encouraging to me. I hope it was encouraging to you, but that Jesus... Uh, you know, when, when we read about faith, um, in several occasions, Jesus, you know, there are situations and, 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 and stories and times where, you know, there was a need or there was a situation. And the disciples didn't have enough faith. There was one time when. A lady came, or a family came with this child that was suffering terribly and was actually possessed by a demon, and they were begging the disciples to cast it out, and they couldn't, and Jesus comes down and, you know, get out, and it's out. And they're like, Jesus, you know, remember what Jesus said? Where is your faith? That's one example of many times where Jesus Let's them go through a test, and the end of the test, Jesus says, hey, where's your faith? Or another, another occasion, he said, why do you have such little faith? And then it's really cool, I think, that what he asked him for, he says, if you only had faith the size of a mustard seed, you could move mountains. I love the fact that Jesus didn't say, well, you guys are a mess. You need a lot more faith. Right? I mean, I don't know about you, but that would be discouraging to me. If I'm faced with the situation, it's just like, and God's like, you just need a lot more faith. I would be like, you know, I'm just going to give up. I love the fact that Jesus didn't say, you need this much more faith, right? He didn't say, I, you need un hueso de aguacate. He didn't say, you don't need an a, 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 a avocado seed more faith. 
All I'm asking you for to be able to enter into this situation and do what you can't is just a mustard seed more. Just a little bit more because to stretch doesn't mean to hurt yourself. To stretch means this. Come on, I think we have it on the screen. To stretch means to push yourself slightly beyond your current limits. Right? I showed you last week, if you haven't touched your toes in 10 years, it's not going to happen overnight. You don't need to vroom, stretch yourself all the way down. You're going to pop something. Right? To stretch means to just push a little further than you could yesterday. Right? And that's what God, I believe, is leading us into right now. He's asking us, hey, there's a, and we're going to get to this. I shared with you, there's a very exciting time right ahead of us. There is a great need right in front of us. And God doesn't need us to have a lot more faith. He just needs us to stretch just a little bit, to believe him just a little bit more. Yes? Maybe you're facing a situation in your own life where, you know what, yesterday's faith ain't cutting it, right? You need a little bit more, and God is encouraging you to stretch. Another thing that we learned last week is that the more your faith stretches, the what? Stronger it becomes. I brought my little friend again. You guys remember Stretch Armstrong, right? Stretch Armstrong was a powerful wrestler. And what is it that made him so strong? He could stretch, right? Stretching makes us stronger. So, again, if we understand that WASC, right, the will of God, asking, seeking, knocking, if we understand that that's the way faith works, then in order to stretch our faith this September, what are we doing? We're stretching, we're getting ourselves in, in, in the Word just a little bit more, hearing the voice of the Holy Spirit a little bit more, right? We're stretching our knowledge of God's will, right? All right, we're back to WASC. If, if WASC, if will, ask, seek, knock is the way it works, in order to stretch our faith, we've got to stretch our knowledge of God's Yes, stretch our knowledge of God's will. Stretch our confidence when we ask him. How about a little more commitment to seek him and the answer and maybe a tad bit more boldness to do what? To knock, to persist, and to not give up. Yes? All right. We're going to learn a little bit more. We're going to learn a lot more. Anybody excited about the, the need that's right in front of us? The exciting season that is literally we're entering into it? Okay. I'm very excited because I know God's going to, he's going to move. So let's read the same story, but let's go to Matthew. Let's go to Matthew 14. Exactly the same story, but 
Matthew's Gospel. Of course, you could follow along in your Bible, but our media team is so awesome to have the scriptures right up here on the screen for you if you want to follow along. As soon as Jesus heard the news, he left in a boat to a remote area to be alone. What news? Anybody remember what had just happened? John the Baptist had been murdered, right? So Jesus uh, needed to be alone, right? But the crowds heard where he was and headed and followed on foot from many towns. You ever needed to be alone and people wouldn't leave you alone? <laughs> Seriously, Jesus can identify with everything. You ever needed some peace and quiet, but it's more of a fantasy. <laughs> so he was trying to be alone because his cousin, his friend, had just died. But people wouldn't leave him alone. They just followed him everywhere. Why? Because of all the miracles, right? So the crowds heard where he was, and he, they followed on foot from many towns. And Jesus saw the huge crowd as he stepped from the boat, and he had compassion on them and healed their sick. That evening, the disciples came to him and said, this is a remote place, and it's getting late. <laughs> Could you please tell everybody to go home? <laughs> Right? Send the crowds away so they can go to the villages and buy food for themselves. There's the need, right? There's the need. They needed food. They were hungry people. But Jesus said something very interesting. <laughs> That's not necessary. You feed them. I always, every time I read this, I just stop and, like, laugh. I just try to put myself in the disciples' shoes. Like, they're tired. They're done. You ever been done? I'm just done. We're done. It's been all day, all these people, all day long, and now they're hungry. And, and, and they're like, Jesus, tell everybody to go home and eat. We want to go eat, too. We actually read later that Jesus and the disciples at times didn't even have time to eat because the crowds followed them around so much. So just imagine, they're probably hungry. All the people are hungry. They're asking Jesus to tell everybody to go home. And Jesus says, nah, you feed them. So now we're not just going to tend to these people all day long as you teach them and heal them and all that. Now we've got to be wait waiters. Now we've got to serve all these people food. And we don't have any, Jesus. I'm sure this is what going through their mind, right? I can only imagine they were probably slightly annoyed. And, 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 and listen, there are times when the need might make you feel annoyed. But Jesus did not allow them to overlook or ignore the need. 
And he said, stretch, you feed them. But we only have, but we what? We have, but we what? We, hold on, but, but we what? We have only. You ever said that? I only have, right? But they had it. They didn't have nothing. They only had, what, five Barley loaves, five loaves of bread, and two fish, they answered. And then what did Jesus say? Bring it here. (laughs) Right? Just bring it here. Then he told the crowds, the people, to sit down on the grass. And Jesus took the five loaves and two fish and looked up heaven and blessed them. Then breaking the loaves into pieces, he gave the bread to the disciples who distributed it to the people. How cool that they got to participate in the miracle. Anybody want to participate in the miracle? They all ate as much as they wanted. And afterward, the disciples picked up 12 baskets of leftovers. About 5,000 men were fed that day in addition to all the women and children. Ay, ay, ay. Very simple faith concepts today, but these faith concepts have wrecked me, ruined me, and changed my life. And I believe that today, just these small little concepts are going to explode huge on the inside of you and through our church. Okay, let's just take a look at a few things Jesus said. The first one I want to point out is that he told the disciples, you feed them. Right? Turn to somebody and say, you meet the need. Now, did Jesus know they didn't have any food? So when he told them, you feed them, wasn't, isn't it obvious he was planning to do something, right? Every time Jesus tells us to do something, it's because he's planning to do something, right? Anytime he asks us for anything, it's because he's going to show up in the middle of that thing he's asking us for. He wasn't, he, no, he was asking them to do something they couldn't do. Why? Because he planned to do it. But he still asked them to do it. We wait around for God to do something when he's asking us to do something. Come to find out when we do what he asks us to do, he shows up. What did he tell them? You, you feed them, right? Basically, he told them to stretch. (laughs) 
Stretching our faith will often mean we'll have to attempt something we're incapable of accomplishing on our own. Stretching our faith will often mean we'll have to attempt something, sorry guys, attempt something we're incapable of, at least on our own, right? Because this is the, just hear this with your heart, not just your mind, hear this with your heart. If I can do it, I don't need faith. If I can do it, I don't need God to do anything. Because I can do it. Right? I don't need faith to tie my shoes. I can do that. My mama taught me. Right? I need faith for my son to learn how to tie his shoes. No, but you know what I'm saying? If I can do it, I don't need faith. Also, if I can do it with yesterday's faith, I don't need to stretch my faith. If, if the need that's in front of me, if the situation that's in front of me, if the circumstance that's in front of me, I can, I can get it done with the faith I've, I've had up to this point. I don't need to stretch my faith. But if it's bigger than me, if the need is bigger than what I have to provide for it, I'm going to need to do some stretching, right? Come on, if you have, you have, if you have, yeah, faith, that's combined yesterday's faith. All right. If yesterday's faith, all right. If yesterday's faith can get it done, great. But I'm often faced with situations where yesterday's faith, it's not going to cut it. You ever been there? If you walk with Jesus long enough, you'll be there many times. <laughs> where he pulls out his little mustard seed and says, just a little bit more. What you got's not going to cut it. So, how do I stretch my faith? That's really what we're going after today. See, last week was all about the, what it means to stretch our faith, right? And to encourage us that stretching our faith doesn't mean it's going to hurt us or break us. It just means... We're going to have a little bit more faith in God's will and ask Him a little bit more and be a little bit more persistent as we seek and knock, right? And if we know God shows up when we stretch our faith, how do we do it? Maybe this week you were like, I know I need to stretch my faith, but I'm not really sure what I ought to be doing. Right? Like that sounds like a... Like a challenging and exciting concept, but how? Come on, ask your neighbor, well, but how? How, right? Like all of us know before you work out, you ought to stretch, but sometimes you don't know how. Like you don't know what stretches to do, right? Until you learn. How do we stretch our faith? It's, this is, I'm not going to pretend that this is easy. 
but it is so extremely simple. Like, you're going to hear this and go, oh, I can do that. Because what God asks us for is something we can do. Yeah? Oh, this is about to get some of you really excited. I believe it. I feel it. I'm excited myself. If we can grab a hold of this, big things are coming. For you individually, for your family, for our church. So simple. What do I need to do to stretch my faith? We find the answer in the phrase, bring them here. All right? When the disciples said, all we have are two fish and five loaves of bread. What did Jesus tell them? Bring them here. Bring them here. And then what did he tell them to do with the people? Have them sit down. Simple, right? Bring me the bread and the fish and tell everybody to sit down. How do we stretch our faith? Are you ready for this revolutionary, deep, spiritual concept? This is how you stretch your faith. It was already on the screen, so you guys already cheated. You can put it back up there. Ready? Find out what Jesus wants you to do, and then do it. Ask him, Jesus, what would you have me to do about this need, this situation, this circumstance, and then what he asks you to do, then do it. Then do it. The disciples could have decided it's not enough. We're not going to even bother bringing the bread and the fish because it won't work. That's not, we don't have what it takes, right? All they did was Listen to what Jesus asked of them, and then they did it. It's very quiet. Because it really is that simple, but that's not easy. It didn't really make sense what he was asking them to do. But they did it. And then the miracle. Ask Jesus what he would have you do. And then Nike. Just do it. But Jesus, that didn't make any sense. That, what's, what's, what's a couple of fish and bread going to do for all these people? That well, Are you not aware? Oh, he's aware. He's highly aware of our limitations, and he is highly aware of his omnipotence. 
He is highly aware that he can do anything. Sometimes we forget that our God can do anything. He is omnipotent, omnipotent, able to do all things. Right? Ask him. So this is, this is really important. You need and I need to hear Jesus. It's very important. We need to hear him if we're going to stretch our faith. We need to hear his voice. And you can hear him. Maybe you didn't know you can hear the voice of Jesus. You can hear him. He said we could. If you have made Jesus the Lord of your life, you can hear his voice. His spirit lives on the inside of you, and you can hear him. Maybe you haven't learned to hear him. But you can hear him. I, I know this is so simple that uh, uh, maybe, maybe some of us are just like, where's he going with this? We're, this is where we're going. We're there. We are that we have arrived at the climax of this sermon. You need to know what Jesus wants from you. I need to know. I need to hear from him what he would have me do. Come on, somebody say, I need to hear Jesus. The, the, the good thing is he told them what to do. <laughs> he didn't expect them to figure it out. He didn't say, you feed him, and I'm going to go off and, you know, up on the mountain with Moses and Elijah. No, that wasn't this time. No, no, no. He told them what to do, and then he gave them instructions. Very simple ones. Bring it here. <laughs> And tell everyone to sit down. We need to hear what Jesus would have us to do in every situation, circumstance, need. Yes? We have to hear his voice if we're going to stretch our faith. Because faith is based on the word of God, what he speaks to us. I don't want to attempt something he didn't ask me to do. Because then I don't have the promise that he'll show up. But if Jesus asked me for it, all I have to do is give it. And I can believe and trust and actually expect him to show up and show out. Come on. Just get your real deep face on. Ready? Just, just, this is ready to just, let's go real deep in the spirit. Let's ask Jesus what he wants us to do.
that, that doesn't sound very um, spiritual. <laughs> I expected stretching my faith was going to be more like something deeper. Something, I don't know, that would require more of a understanding. No. No, you don't need to understand. You don't need to understand. I don't need to understand why he's asking me what he's asking me for. I just need to hear him and do it. If I understood, why would I need faith? If it always made sense... Why would I need to trust him for anything? If they had seven semi-loads of fish and bread, they wouldn't need any special instructions from Jesus. They wouldn't need to even ask him. They just need, there, there, there you go. How do I stretch my faith? I got to ask Jesus what he'd have me do. Sometimes we're not stretching our faith because we haven't heard him tell us what he wants from us. And oftentimes, I'll, I'll, I'll come back to this in just a second a little bit more, but oftentimes because of that, because we're not hearing him, we guess. And then we wonder, Lord, but Lord, and he's like, but Hunter, I didn't tell you that. You guessed that that was the thing to do. You guessed that was where you were supposed to go. You guessed that was the job you were supposed to take. You guessed that that was where you're supposed to live. You guessed that that was supposed uh, supposed to that was how you were supposed to use your money. You guessed that was the person you're supposed to marry. <laughs> Sorry, but too late on that one. That'll stretch you. Let, let, me, let me just get really, really real. We need to hear what Jesus wants from us. But what if he asked me for... That's where we, that's where we don't stretch our faith. That's where, why we stay where we are sometimes. That's when we backslide sometimes. Because what if he tells me? What if he tells me to open my mouth and share the gospel with that friend... I'm a little intimidated to do that. What if he tells me to do that? I don't know that I want to hear that. What if he asked me, what, 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 what if he asked me to go there? What if he asked me to do that? What, what if he asked me to start something new? 
what if he asked me to forgive that person? What if he asked me to give this amount of money as an offering? What if he asked me for more of my time? What if he asked me, God forbid, to have people over to my house? What if he asked me to host a discipleship group in my sacred place? What if he asked me to serve in the kids' ministry? (laughs) What if he asked me to sow my life savings into an offering for the kingdom? For missions. What if he asked me, this is what everybody always said, what if he asked me to, to, uh, to move as a missionary to, um, oh gosh, I just, Timbuktu. What if he plans to show up? If we'll just do what he asks us. Is this challenging you? It is me. <laughs> There's some things right now. There's some things right now that I'm, he, he's, he's asking me for. And... I don't understand how it's going to work. I just know this is what he's asking for, so I'm going to give it. But we have to hear him. Let me just give you three kind of little um, uh, keys, if you will, to stretch my faith. I must press into the need, right? Press into the need. We, we don't ignore the need. Jesus didn't ignore people's needs, nor did he allow his disciples to ignore, that, ignore it. Jesus did not ignore that these people were hungry, and he did not allow Philip and Peter and them to ignore it, right? We need to press into the need. We don't need to... to, to, to you know, all of us have acted like we didn't see something before, right? All of us has, have acted like, oh, I didn't hear that, <laughs> right? No, you did, and he knows you did. He knows what we see, and he knows what we hear. He knows what we find out. Press into the need, even if the need is intimidating. I'm about to tell you guys about some things, again, that are very exciting, but very intimidating for me right now for our church. But... I'm not going to shy away from it. I'm going to press into it. Be aware of the need. Press into it. Also, press into his voice. Come on, say, stretch, right? Press into his voice. Listen, don't 
guess. Don't guess. Listen. To stretch my faith, I must press into obedience. <laughs> Don't blow him off. Don't play it off. Press into obedience. Even if it feels foolish. I'm pretty sure Philip and the dudes felt a little foolish saying, read it in another gospel. It was a little boy who had the fish and loaves saying, hey, Juanito, um, Jesus says he wants your lunch. <laughs> you know, the creator of all things, the master, the Messiah, the reason why he, he's asking for your tuna fish sandwich. It may have felt a little foolish what they were doing, but they pressed into obedience. One more thing before I tell you about the exciting slash intimidating season we're in. Ready? Oh, this is so good. Ready? We learned this in living on mission, but... This is reapplied to faith. Ready? Jesus does not ask us for, we don't, for what we don't have. He asks us for what we do have so he can do with it what we cannot. Let me say it again because it's not on the screen. Jesus is not asking you, and he won't ask you for what you don't have. He's asking us for what we do have so he can take it and do with it what we cannot. The disciples could not feed 20,000 people with two fish and five loaves, but Jesus could. I don't know if we got it. The disciples could not feed 20,000 people with that little boy's lunch. But Jesus could. Whatever our situation, need, circumstance is, many times we cannot with what we have, but he can. And he actually can with what we have. He can with anything by any means, but he chooses to do things with what we have. That's why it implies and it requires our faith. God doesn't need faith. We do. I love the fact that it says there, Jesus already knew what he was going to do. 
What if they would have said no? I have before. Or maybe not so much no, more of I don't think so. <laughs> or no, even, even more, there's no way, right? There's no way I'm giving you that or I'm doing that or I'm going there. And Jesus is like, well, I'll ask someone else. He let the disciples participate. He could have gone straight to the little boy and said, hey, give me a lunchbox. Okay. Last Sunday, I told you about this exciting season that's right in front of us for which we as a church family need to stretch our faith. And, and I want to just say this. If you're new here, please feel no pressure. Okay? You're with me? If you're new here, please feel no pressure. We're just really excited about what God wants to do. We're just really, as a church family, we're very excited about the possibilities that are in front of us. So I want to share with you, you guys three Big areas of need. Come on, say the need. Three big areas of need that right now are impossible for us as a church family, but are totally possible if we'll just give Jesus what he asks us for. Okay? The first one. You've been hearing about Reachtober, right? Yeah, we heard about it in the announcements time today. Reachtober. Okay. So Reachtober is our eight-year church anniversary celebration, okay? We celebrate in the month of October our church birthday. And what we have decided to do for the past few years is to dedicate that month to reaching out to the community, to reaching people, bringing people, winning people to Jesus, right? I mean, that's kind of like what we're here for, yes? That's kind of the purpose of the church. So we're always reaching out, but we've decided that our, our anniversary month, we want to dedicate the entire month to reaching out of the community. And something that we, we do, and we've done this year, is we save up, we save up money throughout the year to be able to do something to reach out to the community and to have a big, uh, we're going to have a harvest party and all that kind of stuff, right? Um, but, but over the past uh, month or so, this idea has come to do three extra big outreaches, okay, to reach out to our community. Number one, we're going to be doing uh, in a neighborhood. There's a team working already selecting a neighborhood where there's going to, we're going to throw a block party for the neighborhood. We're going to give them food. There's going to be fun for the kids, um, all kinds of stuff going on. And we're going to share the gospel with those people. In the neighborhood, okay? Another one is, there's going to be an outreach going on for North Cobb High School, okay? North Cobb High School to reach teenagers. Right now, we can't get all the way in, but we can get right outside. <laughs> right? Right? 
Because we know the way in is for those teenagers to have an encounter with Jesus, and then they'll be Jesus' way in, right? So we're going to have an outreach right outside of the North Cobb campus to reach those teenagers. Number three, um, at uh, Kennesaw State University, Encounter Women are going to do a ladies' event. A ladies' event where they're going to just blast college students, specifically ladies, with powerful testimonies and share the gospel. Okay? Not, not bring them here, but go there. Okay? And thankfully, we actually can be inside of that campus already. Woo! So like I said, we've been saving up money to be able to do our eight-year anniversary. But to make these three big outreaches happen, we need about 3000 extra dollars. Okay? All right? So I'm going to, I'm going to tell you all this stuff, and then I'm going to tell you what I, I want to ask you to do. Okay? Obviously, you can text HARVEST followed by the donation amount to 84321. Okay, if you want to give, but hold on, don't do it yet, okay? Don't do it yet. Don't guess. Don't guess what you're supposed to do. The next one, and this one, this one has me flat on my face before God, okay? The next one, we showed you guys this at the beginning of the year. We started 2022 with some faith goals, okay? And we told you guys, in order to, to reach these faith goals, if you can see it up here, great. If you're closer to the back, you could turn around and look at the screen in the back. But we started this year with some really big goals in order to um, be able to grow our church so that we can better reach our community, okay? And I'm excited to say we've done some of them. We've been able to do some of them. We, we, we've got the fencing up. That protects our septic field. Hallelujah. Right? We've got some beautiful new signs. Right? Um, we're going to be reinstating our live stream of our services. In fact, setup is already, that, that all that is already in process. So soon, I don't want you at home watching the live stream. I want you here. Hello? Don't stay at home and watch the live stream. That's not church. That's not church, by the way. Okay. That's not church. Okay. Watching a live stream is not church. Church is the gathering of the people of God. But if you are sick <laughs> and people that like to follow our church in other places, that's what the live stream is for. Okay. We used to have it. It was awful. And now it's going to be way better. Okay? So that's been given. Okay? Um, there's been a few other small things here or there, here and there that have happened. But look at these things that still are to come. All right? More kids space. We've got some ideas on that. Okay? We have uh, a, a really, uh, anyway, I'm not going to go into it, but. We have a plan to create more kids' space in a not very expensive way, okay? Got to get our kitchen in order and all this other stuff, okay? 
Well, the one big one, you ready? This is very, very, very exciting. But we've been given, like, an opportunity to save a lot of money by giving a lot of money. I know that sounds like a contradiction, but it's not. Listen. A lot of you may know that the way that we are buying this building, we got this property. This, this is nine acres of property in this building, okay? Was that an, an investor, okay, who happened to be our landlord at our last building, loved us so much, and he was so impressed how Encounter Church always pays their bills on time, all right? He bought all of this property and building, and the setup is like a rent-to-own situation, okay? So this is our property and our building, but we're renting it to own it, okay? We have the opportunity, this is, this is just still blows my mind, to refinance the mortgage on this property and to have the deed of this property turned over to us from him without him making any extra money. In other words, he's giving us the opportunity to just take over what's still left on the loan and make none. Yeah, that's right. That is the favor of the Lord. And if we are able to do this, it would free up a few thousand dollars per month that we currently pay in rent because the refinance would make the mortgage payment substantially less. You know what that would do? That means there would be more funds to reach more, reach out more to our community. Okay? So do we have that specific one or no? Okay. So. Uh, To refinance our mortgage, we need a down payment of I feel dizzy saying this. A hundred and thirty thousand dollars. And if we do that, it frees up money every month. And now this all this property is ours 100%, okay? And it will free up the money, the extra money, to be able to do more outreach and to grow even more. Now, we have been saving and saving and saving towards that. But the full amount of the down payment to refinance the mortgage would be $130,000. Thank you guys so much for your patience in sharing this today. The final one and I'm not going to go big into this because we've already talked about it a lot. And there's a video. Some of you have seen it. And I'm going to give you the opportunity to see it later. But many of you have heard about the Dream Project, right? Uh, and, uh, well, in, in our missions matching fund this year, we've been given, uh, we've been given, been given a gift, a promise that um, everything that we raise for international missions will be matched dollar for dollar up to $90,000, right? In other words, if we raise $90,000 for international missions, that becomes $180,000. And we told you guys 
recently about what God is doing and what he's been able to do through us in Cuba, well, again, I'm not, I'm not going to give you the, the whole story because it's too much, but what we started as a small children's discipleship and feeding program has now become seven weekly kids outreaches. And twice a month, they gather all these kids together, upwards of 280 children, and feed them and disciple them. And we're calling it the Dream Project, okay? Now, I'm just going to give you the updated amounts. Are, are we good with that? Um, of the $90,000 of the missions matching fund, okay, that is our part. The other 90000 will come when we raise ours. Yes? Already this year, can you believe this? I can't believe already this year we've raised $43,127.45 for missions. $43,000. Oh, wait, maybe I'm, did I say it right? Oh, a little bit more has come in since the graphic was made. All right. So 43, 127, 45 raised already. That leaves $46,872.55 to go to meet the 90,000 so it can be matched as 180,000 to feed, disciple kids in Cuba and plant churches in Cuba. And a big part of this was already used to do our big crusade with Shine the Light in Mexico. I know, again, I know that some of you are newer around here, and you may not even know what I'm talking about. Just stick around, okay? Just stick around. You'll find out. I want to do this because of time, because we need to be done with our service quickly, okay? Uh, because we've got our meet and greet coming up, all right? We've prepared um, a full, like a full video report of what has been happening in Cuba and the opportunity that we have ahead of us, okay? The Dream Project video. And I want to ask if you would like to see that video. Some of you saw it. We played it before service, okay? If you would like to watch that video, it's about nine minutes long, okay? It tells you everything that's been happening and everything that's coming up and how we get to participate in it. I want you, right now, you could just text the word Cuba, just Cuba, to that, that number on the screen. It's also on the magnet behind your chair. And you can hear about all about what God is doing there and how we um, are able to be a part of it. I just want to say this again. Church family, this is, these are the needs that are right in front of us. Okay? And Jesus plans to show up. I am... 110% confident that he plans to show up. But we need to hear what he'd have us, each of us, do about it. See, this is sort of our, I guess you could say, this is sort of our way, all right? We never ask people for anything. Let me just say it bluntly. 
We will never ask you for money. Never. We will never ask you for money. We will ask you to do this. We will ask you to ask Jesus what he would have you to do. And then we ask you to do it. Obviously, that doesn't apply just to money. That applies to everything. (laughs) But when it comes to big opportunities and needs like this financially, never. You have my commitment as your pastor. I will, and nor will I ever allow anyone to stand up here and ask you or pressure you for money. We don't do that. We only ask you to ask Jesus what he would have you do. And then whatever he tells you to do, do it. What would he have you give? Give it. Okay? So this is what I'm asking everybody to do. I want you to go home. I want you to pray. I want you to listen for his voice. If you are married, you probably need to talk to your spouse. Ask him, Jesus, what would you have me to do about this? And whatever he asks you to do, do it. Okay? Of course, the needs I just mentioned... The ways to give, always you can give through our website, okay? If you have any questions about it, please feel free to ask. Just do what he asks you to do, okay? Amen? How about we stand? I'm going to go ahead and ask the worship team to come. Just for the next few minutes as we're getting ready to close, if we could, just avoid distractions. Limit distractions as much as possible, going in, going out. I never like to end a service without this, just to make sure. You can't stretch your faith unless you've started in the faith. The first faith we have to have is faith in Jesus. So just for just for a, a, a couple of moments, I would like to ask everyone to just maybe bow your head, close your eyes, just examine yourself. Are you in the faith? Before you can grow in the faith, you've got to start in the faith. Have you made Jesus Christ the Lord of your life? Have you believed the gospel? 
The gospel is the power to save everyone who believes. Jesus is God. We're separated from God because of our sin, but he came to us. He died on the cross to take our sins upon himself so we could be forgiven, free. We need to place our faith in Jesus. The Bible says if we confess with our mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in our heart God raised him from the dead, we'll be saved. Just very quickly, is there anybody in the house today that says, I need to make Jesus the Lord of my life? Today, he's inviting you to turn away from sin and turn your life over to him. He wants to forgive you. He wants to set you free. Come on, anybody say, if that's you, if you're here and you say, I need to give my life to Jesus today, maybe you've never received Jesus as your Lord, or maybe you've backslidden. Maybe you, you, maybe you know Jesus. Maybe you've received him before, but you're not following him right now, and you want to come back to him. If that's anybody, whether it's for the first time to make Jesus your Lord, or you need to rededicate your life to him, if that's you, would you just quickly slip up your hand and wave at me and say, that's me. All right? Anybody else say, that's me? Praise the Lord. Who else says, that's me? All right? Anybody else say, that's me? Thank you, Jesus. This is what it's all about. All right, if you raised your hand, or even if you didn't raise your hand, but today that is your desire, that is your decision. I want you all together, actually. Let's just pray this as a family. These are not magic words. It's not repeat and you're saved. But if you cry out to him with your heart, he will save you. But something like this, Lord Jesus Christ, Come on, let's do it all together. Lord Jesus Christ, today I put my faith in you. I believe you're the Son of God. You came, you lived, you died for me in my place, paid the price for my sins, and you rose from the grave and ascended back to heaven to give me eternal life. Jesus, today, right now, I turn away from sin and I surrender my life to you. I want to follow you, Jesus. Save me. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you so much for tuning in today. I really believe God spoke to you through his word today and is moving in your life. If you'd like more information about Encounter Church or you'd like to give your tithes and offerings, you can visit our website at EncounterChurchAtlanta.org. I'd also like to invite you to share this message on social media. Thanks again.